Here we go. You are listening to Email Friday Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And what we do is we examine emails from individuals and respond to what they have to say. The first email I want to talk about is from an Oscar Amachina. He is the president of the Afra Mission and Evangelism Network in Abuja, Nigeria. He sent me this email telling me that his calling is take the gospel to where no one has neither preached nor heard about Jesus. He is the author of the book, Mystery of the Cross Revealed. Now, it's unclear whether or not he is Lutheran, but he sure has an excellent article. He says, there are many Christians today whose faith is not firmly rooted in the word of God. Some of them practice Christianity that is based on their culture and societal trends in which they find themselves. The word of God is seldom applied to their lives, and whenever it does, it's always twisted to suit their needs or wants. Even some preachers have become selective in what they choose to include in their public teachings from Scripture. They tell you what they want to hear and ignore the parts of the Bible that they think will upset their hearers. Well, we ran into that yesterday where a so-called Baptist minister says that if his believing friends who are Jewish are not in heaven, he doesn't want to be in heaven either. There is selective teaching that he has, and he denies much of the Bible. He doesn't speak on creation because too many of his members, he thinks, may believe in evolution, and he doesn't want to upset them. He was also very much for the gay movement, which is totally contrary to God's holy word. Now, according to Oscar Amacini, everything we do should be judged by the Bible as our ultimate standard. And where there is a conflict, the Bible should have the final say on these. Now, I agree with him when we're talking about theology and the morality that God wants us to follow. I have to say, though, that probably 80 to 90% of the decisions that my wife and I make in the household have nothing to do with the Bible. Like we had a tree fall on our roof and we had to decide what color shingles to have. There's nothing biblical about that. You can choose what you want. And in light of a marriage where a husband to the wife is to be like Christ, giving up his life, well, whatever she wanted was what we were going to have. What food we buy, none of this has very little to do with the scripture. But there are a lot of moral failures in the body of Christ today. And 
According to Oscar Amacini, this is the result of the adoption of unbiblical Christianity by people who worship the us and desires above God. He says Christianity is losing its power and respect because the emergence of this trend all over the world. There's now little or no difference between the world and some congregations. We have forgotten that even though we live in this world, we are not of the world, quoting John 17, verse 16. He said, I recently read an article on the Christian Post, and it was titled, Teachers Needed, Biblical Christians Need Not Apply. And he says, this shows that some organizations are avoiding hiring Christians because Christians do not bow down to the evil system of this world. And it's clear that even corporations know the difference between biblical Christians and unbiblical Christians. He said, I recently mediated a settlement between two Christians who were having problems concerning a business transaction. When I told them to use scripture as their standard of ascertaining how profits should be made in a business transaction, one of them outrightly challenged me and said, the Bible has nothing to say about such matters. I could not believe my ears, he writes. If a professing Christian can assert that the word of God is, not, is irrelevant to his everyday life, then something has gone very wrong. This flavor of Christianity is indistinguishable from atheism. And I, I think if you see a lot of movies about how businesses are sometimes used, people are making profits at the expense of customers. They tell lies about their product. They uh, sell them at a higher rate than they should be sold at and other things just to make a profit. Gospel-less Christianity, comfortable Christianity, liberal Christianity, and cultural Christianity are all products of unbiblical Christianity. Social vices among believers gain their roots from the practice of Christianity that does not recognize the word of God as the only acceptable principle and guidelines that govern the lives of us Christians. Our faith should be based firmly on the word of God. A form of Christianity that is not biblical is not true Christianity and should be avoided by anyone who desires to follow Christ. For example, in one of the readings for this coming Sunday, it talks about following the example of Jesus. But this is not talking about following his example 
in order that we can become saved. It refers to once we are saved and are in the life of sanctification, we love to follow the example of Jesus in doing good works for the neighbor because that's what he did for us. And so sanctification is not a way in which we become saved. We're already saved when we are justified by Jesus Christ and his blood and crucifixion and assured of salvation because of his resurrection. And so, yes, it's important to follow the example of the life of Jesus because we have already been saved. And that is something we should be wondering about and working towards out of thankfulness to Jesus. Okay. Received another email from Mary. She says, thank you for your ministry and being on KFUO radio. How can we answer this question among family and friends of different world religions as to which religion is true? Now, I'm going to answer that, and I've already talked about that in this past week, but just in case, and by the email was written by Robert, in case he didn't hear this. There's something distinguishable about Christianity that is different from every other religion in the world. While we have common teachings, like most religions believe there is a God, although they don't believe in the true God, and most religions believe in respecting humanity and being kind to one another, it's in these areas where Christianity is quite different. And what's the difference? Well, some Christians, if you listen to them, believe they're saved because they have received sufficient knowledge. It's not knowledge that saves you. Although knowledge is very important, but what saves you is faith given to you by the Holy Spirit. It's not something you choose to have. It's something that the Holy Spirit implants in you, either through the sacrament of baptism, as I had when I was an infant, or by listening to the word of God. So KFUO really goes all over the world. I have listeners from Russia when I attended there years ago in preaching. We support a seminary in Novosibirsk, which is in Siberia, in order that they can continue to produce Lutheran pastors. That's a really exciting area that we're involved in. And the mission of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, if you listen to KFUO, goes about everywhere in the world in bringing the gospel message 
to many people. They may not have a missionary in that place, but they hear through the radio and perhaps on television the wonderful good news of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit creates faith in their heart. So we will answer this question, how do different religions decide which religion is true? And that's by looking at the particulars of each religion. Some religions say, well, you're saved because of knowledge. The more that you learn about God, the better is your chance of being saved. That's not Christianity. Others say you're saved by your works. And that's what a majority of religions say, that God looks at your works and makes a decision as to whether or not you're going to be saved on the basis of how good you are. Well, that totally flies in the face of the cross of Christ. Remember, the people who were crucifying him, the disciples who were staying away from him, hiding in an upper room for fear of the Jews, and many others who are no longer following Jesus, it is to them that Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. So that word of forgiveness comes even to those who are not following the example of Jesus, who are not believing what the Bible has to say but they still have received the gift of the forgiveness of sins, and through faith in receiving it, they are saved. Uh, a third area of many religions, you're saved if you have a specific experience. For example, some charismatics believe that you must be able to speak in tongues which is an angelic gibberish that you don't even understand when you speak, but someone else interprets it. Now that's false. No, you are not saved by an increase in knowledge like Buddhism talks about. You're not saved by following the Ten Commandments because no one is able to do that perfectly, and you're not saved the final way by having some kind of an experience. I mean, how many people do you hear, yes, I know I'm going to heaven because I have invited Christ into my heart. That's the experience that they think saves them. No, you don't invite Christ. That, that's like saying, the lost sheep, he invited Christ to come and save him. We don't get that from that parable at all in Luke 15. Instead, Jesus finds the lost sheep, puts the sheep on his shoulders, and carries him home. That's the cross where Jesus put on his shoulders our sins, paid for them by his death on the cross, and therefore gives us 
the gift of the forgiveness of sins through faith in trusting the promises of Jesus. So what is the main difference between Christianity and every other religion in the world? This is something you need to remember. Only Christianity looks to a person for salvation. Every other religion looks to you. Either you must have some new knowledge, you must do some new good works, you must have some new experiences. That's not the Christian faith. Only in Christianity is there a human being that you are asked to trust. No other religion has a person that you are to trust. Even in the Muslim faith, although they speak a lot about Allah, they have no understanding and no assurance of their salvation. There's no promise from the Quran, as there are promises from the Bible, that he that believes shall be saved. No, you are really lost. So this is really a critical difference between Christianity and every other religion in the world. And that critical difference is a person, a person who is God, but who became incarnate. That means he took on human flesh, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. That's really critical. All right, we'll go on to uh, another email. And this one is from Ed. And he asks, Tom, I hope all is well with you and your wife. I heard you say this week something about not attending church on Sunday is not a sin. Then you went on explaining kids with games on Sunday and professional golfers sometimes can attend worship. I understand that once in a while that happens, but what if they allow it to go on and on and don't attend? It seems if they get into the practice of doing this, then they soon abandon the church. Are we not to put our Lord in front of all that? Uh, could you talk about this on Friday? God bless. And this is from Ed. Yes, Ed makes a pretty important point that sometimes people feel that Sunday is the day that they can sleep in and rest. In fact, how many movies do you see where there is a family and on Sunday they don't go to church? In fact, church isn't even mentioned. And, and so Ed does agree that occasionally kids may have a baseball game on Sunday morning or professional golfers need to be doing that. I had a whole number of people who were doctors, nurses, and police in the congregations I serve. 
they had to work many times on Sundays. And so I don't have a problem with that. This is why churches also have Saturday services and Monday services. And then many churches, particularly for shut-ins, will do their service over the internet. And you can listen to an entire service on the internet, uh, particularly worship services from the two seminaries of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and other congregations. Now, I'm going to make a point that I serve four congregations in Illinois. Two of the congregations I serve primarily on Sundays. One is a regular congregation with uh, worship cathedral. The other one is also part of the congregation, but is at a university and it has its own worship center, which, which by the way is bigger than the congregation's other worship center. So I preach twice on Sunday at 8.30 in the morning and then at 11 o'clock at the other service. Now, these university students are able to attend the worship service and that makes me very happy because a lot of times my sermon is kind of different for the university students than it is for the other congregation that consists also of members of the congregation who are older. Because the university student comes uh, against certain temptations and teachings from class that needs to be discussed. But I serve two other congregations and because I'm not able to preach to them on Sundays, since I have two congregations, I worship with them right now every Thursday night. And a lot of times these two congregations join together, but they're worshiping Thursday night. And by the way, during Advent or Lent, all four congregations worship on Wednesday night. So I start at about five in the afternoon at two of the churches and then go to another two churches at 7.30. Now, the Thursday night people do not attend worship on Sunday, and yet they are very regular in attending worship on Thursday night. So we need to remember, when Jesus talks about remembering the Sabbath day, that no longer is part of the ceremonial laws where you would do that on the day of rest, namely the Sabbath, which is Saturday. But since Jesus has come, we can worship any day of the week. In fact, a lot of times they worship on Advent or Lenten Wednesdays, they have a Monday, Thursday service, a Good Friday service, an Easter dawn service on Saturday, your regular Sunday services, and a number of congregations have Monday services 
for those who need to work on Sunday. About the only day that I'm aware of where services are not held are on Tuesday. But as we travel to these churches during the week, we put on six, 700 miles. We go by a lot of churches on Wednesday that have no Advent or Lenten services. Now, they're not Lutheran, but it's interesting to note that they are absent of having a worship service. So it's important. And what do pastors do with shut-ins? We go to their homes, not only to share with them the wonderful message of Jesus Christ, but also to give them the Lord's Supper. So I think it's really important that we remember to have worship and are able to attend it. But I am not that upset when people have to work on Sundays or they may have certain sports programs they're involved in and they go to them. Uh, That's why a lot of people may go to an early service on Sunday maybe like ours at 8.30, and that way they're able to be home by noon to have, uh, to to see a, a football game or whatever other game they're interested in while they're eating lunch. So I I don't say that people who have somewhere to go on a Sunday will get into the task of never going to church. There are too many opportunities. And in some areas, like in St. Louis, you can go about 25 minutes and go to over 50 Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregations. And they have them on Saturday and on Monday and during Lent and Advent on Wednesday. So... Thanks for these emails. If you want to send me an email, you send it to lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. That's lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. I'm Tom Baker, and look forward to going over another lesson with you on Monday. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.